Welcome to episode 25, everybody. I never thought we'd make it this far, and uh, apparently we did. Oh, I'm glad that's the new beginning of the show, because if people heard the pre-show that we just had, I don't I don't know if anybody would ever listen to the show again. Well, I'm telling you, like like the pre-shows, people, we'd probably have a lot more listenership uh, if we put the pre-show in there. Yeah. What you should have is one show, all of the pre-shows from all 25 shows, and people probably uh, listen to that more. Yeah, and then yeah, Steve but Jobs would call the me. FCC would kick us off the air. There is no FCC. It's open. Oh, what's, so, what's Steve Jobs got to do with us? This has nothing to do with recording over the FCC-controlled airwaves. You're all good, then. You can swear. Freedom of speech. Yep. So Jim could say shit again. Mm. Hey, Mark, tell them who we are. And thank you for having a third beginning of the show, Mark. I said ship. We could have ships again. We could talk about ships. Okay, take two. Mark, tell them who we are. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did that last week. We should do well, that. Well, uh, the Reader's it's... Digest version. Yes. Brent is a uh, lonely, bitter man. Yep. And uh, actually, Jim and me wrote this book, Cop Talk, uh, several years ago. because Jimmy, Jim and I. Yeah, Jim and I. Like Jim and I, the star. Take three. Just saying. <laughs> Take three. Mark, why don't you tell them who we are using correct grammar? All right. Jim and I wrote this book several years ago because we got tired of uh, going to calls and seeing the same things over and over and over. And uh, anyway, Jim is a deputy sheriff, and he's been one for uh, off and on over 20 years. I'm a city cop, been a uh, city cop with the same agency for over 20 years. Rub it in. Um, you could read all about our different things that we, the positions we held, canine, whatever, in the uh, in the book. We're on our website. Ed used to work at the same agency as me, and uh, and then he went to prison. And, uh, <laughs> and now he rides motorcycles. So there you go. <laughs> no, Ed went out on a uh, oh, medical. <laughs> not on a medical retirement. Went out on a medical retirement and. And then Brent is a reserve sheriff's deputy, and uh, he puts lights bar light bars on the tops of police cars and he sirens. Puts lights bars. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I think this will be the last time you do the intros. <laughs> so, I'm glad your lights bars are all good. Yeah. So, so are Jim's bed bites. Yeah. Oh, guys. <laughs> so tonight's so tonight's episode will actually be on a topic that. I know more than all of you combined. So wait, I, I got to do in the news first. But we're not getting. Can you just hang on? Okay. So tonight's episode is going to be about the technology of the cop car and what you guys wear and what we all wear every time we go out and do patrol, and how it's changed from when you guys started, which was God, what a hundred years ago, to now. Oh, I did so, better than that. I've got a list of changes. Well, I'm so, glad. Yeah, we'll, we'll be able to fill the show up with that. Well, that's good because just new technology would fill the show. So we have a lot to talk about. So if uh, if you would like, you can now do in the news. Tell me when, Brent. Now. Now? Oh, okay. 13 minutes and 47 seconds. Good to go. <laughs> now, first off, we have a, uh, all police departments have their beat boards where the stuff that happens during the night occurs and besides seeing all the burglaries the thefts and all the preventable stuff that every day i drag through this is just another one i saw today at 22 32 hours which is 10 32 hours 
Officers stopped a stolen vehicle in the 200 block of Shadow Hill Circle. The vehicle had been stolen the previous day from a nearby apartment complex, and the female driver was found to be in possession of multiple shaved keys and a stolen credit card. The female had also been arrested by a neighboring police department one week prior for vehicle theft and possession of shaved keys. The male passenger is currently on parole for being an ex-felon in possession of a firearm, was found to be in possession of stolen property to include a wallet, credit cards, and identification. People, these are the thugs and the criminals that are cruising your neighborhoods nightly. I mean, nightly. I mean, she got arrested a week ago for the same stuff. She gets out, and she's got shaved keys again. She's got a stolen vehicle. They have stolen property. I mean, these people are out there nightly, and you really got to protect yourself from uh, these thugs. Out of the news, suspect caught in the theft of a Seattle patrol car. A police officer had his patrol car stolen Thursday by a handcuffed burglary suspect who had been put in the back seat. It's very embarrassing for the officer, police spokesman Renee Witt said. We're just lucky the shotgun and none of the other equipment was taken. The patrol car was abandoned shortly after the suspect took off about 2 a.m. He was recaptured, still in handcuffs, about four hours later near his home in South Seattle. Oops. The 33-year-old suspect, whose name was not released, had been caught with electronics during a break-in at, at an elementary school. He was cuffed behind his back and placed in the patrol car. He managed to maneuver his hands in front of him, then slide through a partition to the front seat of the car while the officer was away for a minute. Hey, that's impressive. I don't know check, how that dude got through the partition, but okay. Check this one out. Colorado man nabbed twice for DUI in the same night. A northern Colorado man was quickly arrested twice for DUI, once for driving his own car, the second time for stealing the police car as he waited to be taken in. <laughs> Adam Segura was being held in Weld County Jail after a brief police chase. The Tribune reported he was handcuffed and placed inside a police car after a DUI arrest. He managed to slip the cuffs in front of him and take off in the car while police officers interviewed a witness outside. Officers chased him for about a mile before he was arrested again. I'm sure there's going to be some changes out of all this about police officers leaving their cars running with suspects inside. Mm. Good Samaritan thwarts, thwarts Wisconsin bank robbery <laughs> attempt. You good? That was a tough one to get out. Thwarts. <laughs> all right. Good Samaritan throats. <laughs> God. Good Samaritan prevents Wisconsin bank robbery attempt. A Good Samaritan has thwarted... <laughs> he throated what? Wow, you guys are so professional. <clears throat> this is hey, bank, English hard to believe we're authors, huh? Yeah. Authors? <laughs> it is hard to believe. A robbery in Wisconsin by jumping on an armed man. The Associated Bank surveillance video shows the man at a counter when the mass robber carrying a gun rushes to a teller at the bank in St. Francis at about 1 p.m. Wednesday. Within five seconds, a man approaches the robber from behind. A second later, he puts his arm around the robber's neck and jumps on his back. The robber then tries to run with a man on his back. Police chief uh, says the man eventually released the robber before the robber ran to a car. No one was hurt. Police chief says he appreciates the effort, but police don't want people inter intervening in robberies. He would rather bystanders, bystanders be good witnesses. Yeah, we don't recommend that either. If someone has a gun... I mean, people do what they got to do, but we, we definitely don't recommend jumping on the back of somebody that has a gun. Could easily get hurt. Yeah, try Bicyclist. not to thart, 
thwart, thwart anything. Yeah, absolutely. You have to. <clears throat> All right, Maybe here. the Cowboys thought he'd be riding the Bronco Bull or something, you know? Yeah, use that word in a sentence. Twart. I twart the. <laughs> twart? I thwarted. <laughs> I thwarted. Oh, you, guys, you guys are screwing it up worse than me. It wasn't there that was- guy from Open Carry, and he forgot he had his gun on his side because he got so jacked up over the incident. He just jumped <laughs> well, on the gun. What, what's the correct word and how to use that, Brent? Thwarted? Thwarted? Thwarted. Thwarted. Oh T-H-W-A-R-T, right? You know, how did you guys actually write this book? Uh, I don't know. It wasn't with Spell your check. help. Spell check. Oh, yeah, it's not with my help. Yeah, okay, I see how it is. I can just put it on pause right here. Do you have any other stories? Louisiana, the Webster Parish Sheriff's Office said a bicyclist inching down the center of the road ignored lights and siren and ran into a police car. Oops. The 47-year-old Robert Earl Batten of Minden was booked with second offense DWI and possession marijuana. See, people don't think they can get arrested for DWI while on a bike, but you can. A sheriff's office press release said a deputy tried to pull him over late Saturday after a vehicle almost hit him. The deputy turned on lights and siren, then pulled ahead and got out. Uh, Batten passed the officer and broadsided the police car. He was a .27. Ooh, that's pretty high. Uh, let's see here. Here, let me. Cow <clears throat> uh, Palace Biker Party. And what do you think the third word is in this? Ed. Fight. Goldwing? <laughs> <laughs> Honda Goldwings. <laughs> now, if it was Goldwings, it would have been a rave party. Mm, ouch. Uh, a shooting early Sunday morning at the Cow Palace during a private function for a motorcycle club injured two people, one seriously. Gunfire was reported at 12.55 a.m. Sunday near the South Hall of the Arena where members of the Bay Area Desperados Motorcycle Club were holding a private party. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I found two people what, shot. What a man fled the scene on a motorcycle and was followed by police. The man eventually lost control of his motorcycle on Highway 101 near the Cesar Chavez exit. They later determined he was not involved in the shooting. Yeah. That's a bad. I'll, I'll give him this. That's a bad corner. <laughs> He was Apparently, in, also riding a Harley, the front wheel vibrated in, off and uh, <clears throat> and hospitals uh, hospitalized. Uh, that sucks for him. No, it doesn't. Well, these guys must ride Harley, though. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he say uh, it was a Harley club? All you got to say is biker party, cow palace, and you private can function. The third hey, uh, blank of shooting. Speaking of which, I'd like to give a shout out to the Iron Warriors, and uh, I'm just sitting here watching the minutes go by, so I can watch Sons of uh, Anarchy uh, coming on. So, thank you. Oh, are you? Yeah, it's a great show. I love that thing. I tell hey, you. Hey, do they ride gold wings in that gym? <laughs> I'm just glad he cares enough about the show to care that he's more interested in television than doing the show. But that's okay. That's good. Glad you just admitted that to all of our listeners. I'll tell you what, I, I never seen a better soap opera in my life with the uh, Sons of Anarchy. Some of the craziest you know, stuff I've ever. Seen. Uh, Mark's daughter, my charming little wild child niece, uh, stage name Jackie Daniels. Um, <coughs> tell you the reason for that later, but anyway. Oh, I think it's off. The she planet. is hooked on it, and and just listening to her, listening to her talk about it, just uh, you know, I thought, man, I'll check it out. So I started watching this this season, and uh, I got to admit. <laughs> It's pretty cool. I almost like it better than the Shield. What time's it on? Ten or nine? 
What is it, Ed? Is it? Well, the, I think it's on. I, I watch the reruns on Sundays, but it's on at ten o'clock uh, Monday night or Tuesday nights. That, yeah. That's a very, that's a very violent show. It is. It is fun too. I mean, it's 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 like just like I mean, if if anything can go wrong, it's going wrong to these guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's depicting two clubs in California, one being they both both have uh, high notoriety because they've been fighting each other for years in the state, but they got different names on the show. But they're they're just getting whooped left, right, and center from all different directions. And sort of sounds all- like our uh, Hell's Angels and Mongols. <laughs> That's what they're trying to depict in the show. Uh, uh, the other sides are called the Mayans and all that kind of stuff. But they're selling guns to the blacks, the Chinese, the Mexicans, and then the then the skinheads got involved and they're having shootouts and people are killing each other for you know. And here's a word of advice: when you're uh, pissed off at somebody, don't go out and steal their five-year-old kid to uh, prove a point. Yeah, that would be <laughs> something not advisable. Well, wasn't the kid five months old? Five months or five, yeah, five months. Maybe, yeah. yeah, it is five months. Yeah, five years, five months. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Next. Yeah, what are you doing with for barbecuing now, Jim? You still got a barbecue? Do you have any more stories? No, I'm done with stories. I'm tired of being ridiculed on the show. So, oh well, hey, there, better there, uh, find another show. Switch the ridicule over to Jim and his barbecue. There was something today out in this area. Um, I guess uh, some lady works at home. She looked out her window, saw these two guys in a shaky-looking black car uh, going mailbox to mailbox and ripping ripping mail out of the boxes. And uh, that caused a bunch of people to write in uh, on this blog for the local newspaper saying, yeah, we've seen the same thing. And this other woman wrote in that she used to work for the local police department, and uh, they actually had calls where these people in the middle of the night would put black trash bags inside the uh, postal um, mailboxes, so that when you think you're paying your bills or your, uh, you know, whatever your mail at the post office where you think it would be safe, you know, before the postal workers get there, these people just retrieve the black bags and go through the mail, which wow, that is, is a lot easier. That's you a know, great. That's a great idea. I've never heard of it. I know, you but know, that I, I mean, it's freaking brilliant because the bag's black. You throw it inside. You'll never see it. You fill it up. You grab uh, it. And you walk away. You know, and I'd never put, whereas we preach, don't put mail in your, your mailbox, outgoing mail, because these guys go door to door or house to house, you know, taking the mail out of it, just like the original poster uh, said. Right. Um, I never would have thought that somebody would go to the the uh, trouble to put like a black bag in, in, a, in a mailbox. I'd never suspect it. Criminals are always one step ahead. And, Criminals you know, something brilliant. so simple and so you think stupid could work so well. And just wait till they get that federal hit when it when they get caught, because boy, the yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't like that stealing mail thing. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're done with the news, you want to dive into uh, our topic for tonight. Speaking of diving into, um, Did apparently you dive Sunday into night, Sunday night out this way, I guess a forty-something-year-old uh, woman was found. Uh, floating in the river uh, next to her home uh, down in the uh, south part of the county on the Delta. And the speculation is that she was partying on a patio boat docked at their house with her husband and friends. And uh, at a late hour, they all just kind of left her there. And then uh, what a surprise, they wake up the next morning and she's floating uh, face down on the river. And, you know, kind of what we were talking about last week with alcohol, I mean, it's okay to party, but you got to party responsible <clears throat> or responsibly. And uh, 
if you think that you're safe getting ripped and uh, leaving one of your friends or family alone on a boat and that you're going to see them again, it's it's pretty much rolling the dice. And I don't know what the particulars are, you know, and there's a full investigation going. But, you know, the key word is, is uh, intoxicated and boat, and uh, she should have never been left on the boat alone. But, you know, yeah, the sorry to hear it. The plastic bag over her head with the duct tape had nothing to do with it either, right? Well, that's what I was kind of uh, expecting to read, but. In the article, I, I saw it said the husband said that he retired early before her. So, yeah, I don't know. Little red flags always come up when you hear that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you want to get rid of your wife, the easiest way would be if she's drunk on a boat and you just give her a little uh, bump into the water. And... Hmm. That's mm. never happened. <laughs> yeah, the, the autopsy will tell what it was. Uh, well, all right. So, anyway, technology. Let's Let's start. Let's start this thing with uh, what you used to have. So, who's the uh, longest? Uh... Ed. No. <laughs> okay, so not me. No, I'm probably the longest involved in law enforcement, going back to '68 or '69. But uh, that's not the positive uh, involvement. <laughs> okay, we don't want to know what the back of the car looks like. We only want to know what the technology was like. So uh, it was it was back in San Francisco in the '60s. They had a. Uh, one cherry in the middle of the car, a little round cherry like they had probably for the last 30 years. With that god-awful sounding siren, you'd run in between uh, cars just to get run over so you wouldn't have to hear it. That was like one light and one siren and maybe, uh, in most cases, probably a radio in the car, right? Yeah, Ford Galaxy 500. No, they had the at that time they had the call boxes on the corner. Okay. So you had to stop and, and make the call. Well, actually, that's they, not going from experience. Ed's not going by an experience as a cop, and he's going by what he saw in his rearview mirror. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was the San Francisco Park MPs, or uh, Presidio MPs chasing me, not the police. Mm, so that was when? That was back in the 60s. 60s. Okay, yeah. so when did somebody actually begin being a cop in law enforcement? Well, I, mean, I could say I... 85, and Mark? 89. Okay, so Jim... What? He was in the jail for four years. That doesn't count. That doesn't matter. Okay, what do you see in the jail, Jim? <laughs> well, back then, the jail what, was what, a quite a different place, wasn't it? When I first started, they had uh, um, Ford Crown Vicks, and uh, some of them had light bars. Some of them had the, the bubble tops. A couple of them had those really cool spotlights in the center of the roof where he reached up, you know, and, and uh, had a little handle and had to try and guess which way the beam was going if it worked. But there were no MDTs or computers in the car. I mean, there was literally nothing except for a radio, and uh, that was about it. But you did you know, have a radio, at least. Yeah, there was a radio, and uh, you had a map book, um, sometimes if it didn't get lost under the seat. But that's all you had to, to uh, find your way around was a map book, the radio, and... And a cage between the back seat and the front seat. In and fact, that cage the was... Canine cars, the canine cars uh, at that time were actually just being phased into the sedans. They were actually uh, still using station wagons back then. Oh, now that's sexy. Yeah, you, you lower the, the rear window, uh, you know, to give some ventilation for the dog, and all you smell is exhaust fumes rolling <laughs> in the back. So the uh, station wagons didn't work out that well. Yeah, that's the, the love of uh, trying to adapt civilian cars to police work which we'll get into later but the so mark when you started what did you have uh a notepad um, and well yeah basically i i had jotted some stuff down when you said we were going to uh do the topic we had what they called 
at the time, MDCs, where if dispatch sent you to a call, you'd push a button that would show you go that you were code four, you're okay, or that you were, you know, 1097, which means you arrived or you're en route. It was just a button that you pushed. Um, and the screen on that thing was what, about four Oh, there was no four? screens. Oh, no they screen. No, they were just buttons. There oh, were no so screens, old, no nothing. Old radios then. Right, and there were no computer terminals in the car. Anything that the dispatcher uh, dispatched you to, you had to write down all the info. I mean, if you had a robbery, you know, or a burglary with multiple suspects and descriptions, you're trying to write all this down if you don't yeah, have that- it down. That status, that status thing, that was cutting edge technology. Oh, at the time, yeah. I mean, because your your department was ahead of other ones, I assume. Yeah, you push a button, you didn't have to key up the mic and say I'm ten ninety seven. You push a ninety seven ninety seven button. So the theory, the, now, theory, the theory behind that was to try to minimize the amount of traffic into dispatch. Right, but now we have computers in the car with screens, and we're going to get you know, to that. Stay on topic, buddy. All right, let me. I'll go back to still what we had. Let's see. We used to have to share the radio channel with other agencies. Uh, we'd have three agencies on the same channel, so on a Friday or Saturday night, you had to like plan your traffic stops around the the uh, the radio traffic, which is so busy, you couldn't even cut in sometimes. Uh, there were no stolen vehicle ID systems. You had to run any plates over the air through dispatch. You you know no, couldn't run them on the computer. Or uh, did it take did it take forever to get those plates back? A lot of times, yeah. Or well, you just mean, get you're lost it, in the. You're calling it through dispatch. We couldn't run them in the car. You had to right. run them through dispatch. And you know when there's three channels, <clears throat> you know that she's dispatching. It did. It would take forever. I mean. You're like off duty by the time they came back said it was a stolen car. Hey, that dude's car stolen. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm going home. Uh, reports were all handwritten at the time. You know, if there was a ton of corrections, uh, the page would weigh about five pounds with all the whiteout. There was no in-car capability to type reports or uh, anything. Dispatch, if you had to run any kind of um, driver's license, warrant check, names, anything, dispatch had to do it and all then- over the radio so for equipment that you carried though what was it gun gun pepper spray handcuffs straight uh, stick no the the side handle baton side handle and uh peppers not uh it was pepper spray or mace at the time we had mace and and jim when you were starting out would you get a club and something else they issued uh 38 revolvers and gave you a uh, straight stick straight stick okay so yeah, same, I mean, the same thing. Same thing with Alco. You had straight sticks and three fifty sevens. Yeah. So that's. I mean. And then, when did you guys start to see the technology changing? Obviously, I mean, it's there's a big gap of technology. Probably and, the mid nineties. And then, what did you start to see? Uh, more computerization. So different radios, different computers, and different lighting. Yeah, our portables got better. You know, the ones we carry on our belt. Right. Um, the radio systems got better where you didn't have to be in a certain part of the county to have, you know, good reception with the repeaters. The uh, the cars got better. I, I mean, you know, for a while, Chevy was in the mix and, and Volvo uh, came out with a couple models. But I've been driving Fords for 28 years at work and they've never failed me, whether it's day-to-day stuff or or high-speed pursuits. And, uh, the and that's Ford saying something it. with the beating that they get. Oh, it's incredible, but... The cars got better, you know, thanks to Ford, and uh, you know the computers make things so so much easier as far as navigation and 
and getting information about a call before you actually get there. Um, you know, especially if you're in a two-man car, my, my partner, Tommy, we call him Captain Intel at work. You know, before you get to a call, he can tell you who the dude's uh, mother is, where she lives, how many letters he sent her from prison. You know, I mean, just everything. And and uh, being able to run a guy <clears throat> through a system to find out, you know, previous charges and, and, uh, and arrests and everything else is invaluable. I mean, it, it sets your tone for how you're going to deal with the guy when you get there. Yeah, and everything, when they dispatch a call to you, everything's right there on your screen. You don't have to ask the dispatcher questions. It's all right there in front of you. The dis any updates to the call get sent right to you. You can run people, uh, plates, anything right there at your fingertips. Um, and the cars now, they're equipped with low jack systems and LPR units, which are license plate readers. Uh, driving down the road, your car will automatically alert you when you're in the vicinity of a stolen vehicle. And on the LPR units, they'll actually show you a picture of the license plate right on your screen and the type of car that it is. So, I mean, it's we're used to have to just look at a car and say, hey, that plate looks kind of suspicious and call it into dispatch. Your car does it automatically for you now. Yeah, we had an example of that last week. We had a, uh, it was either a Mercedes or a Beamer stolen, carjacked right out of the uh, parking lot of, of a Safeway lot down by uh, that South County area where that lady drowned. And uh, um, the deputy gets there, he's getting the initial information, he's broadcasting the description, you know, of the car to uh, neighboring units. And like 10 minutes later, the helicopter was flying over uh, nearby uh, A-Town and uh, gets a LoJack hit on the car and actually finds the car um, parked in a uh, rear driveway of an apartment complex. And... Uh, <clears throat> It was in such a close time range that um, the suspects were still on scene, but they were on foot. They weren't with the car. But as soon as they saw the uh, first three units arriving and the helicopter overhead, uh, they all started running. And the uh, helicopter was able to direct the ground units to make the apprehension. And they had four people in custody who all confessed to uh, ripping the car off. And th that kind of arrest would have never been made without that kind of technology. And it's just amazing. You know, an OnStar now, if you get an accident, uh, airbag is deployed, it automatically gives you your location, and they dispatch stuff. We had a stolen vehicle, LoJack called us and said, hey, we got a hit. And they're telling you exactly the direction and the street that this car is on, I mean, because it's all GPS. So we're all swooping in on it, and they told us it was on a certain street in front of a certain house number. And we go there, and we don't see the car at all. And um, we're looking all over, and we... OnStar says, no, it's at, you know, this and this address. And so I said, well, if they could do stuff with, low, you know, with OnStar like that, I, I asked them if they could activate the horn. And they said, yes, we can. So I said, activate the horn. And all of a sudden we hear this horn honking from inside of a garage. And, I mean, it's just great, the technology nowadays. Um, you know, we went in the house and there's the stolen car. The guy fled out the back and... He had a really elaborate camera system set up, so he was actually watching us approach the house. Um, but the technology, you know, the bad guys benefit from it as well as law enforcement. They're always trying to stay one step ahead. Well, but like Jim said, years ago, this car, you know, would have been stolen and, and stripped or something by now, you know. But because of the technology, we were able to recover it. It's having that data available instantly. You know, another thing, I don't know if your cities have it, but the cameras, there very few even businesses had good quality cameras even 10 years ago. But now there's cameras 
mounted at major intersections throughout our city in the high crime areas. Um, businesses that, that can afford to buy into the system are installing cameras like uh, cameras in their parking lots, like banks. And uh, it's all tied in with our city cameras at the police department. They're all monitored. Um, so if basically, if a crime happens, you can go back. You could see what cars are going through the intersections at the time. And the cameras are so good that if they have an officer monitoring it and it looks like there's a drug deal going on, he could zoom in on their hands and actually see the transaction and call into units to swoop in and get them. So, I mean, and a lot of cities are doing that. They have the... Uh, I think they're shot spotters that directs officers at the sound of gunshots. So, I mean, just in the last 10 years, there's a enormous amount of technology that's come out to really help law enforcement. Well, and most of this was pushed right after 9-11. So, I mean, that's, that's when we saw the biggest push of technology for radio communications, for interoperability, for all these big keywords that, you know, people push these days. It was all because... In 2001, you know, we have this incident, and then all of a sudden, everybody gets off their butt and starts making these huge changes. But yeah, I'm not going to say that's anyway. when it, I'm not going to say that's when it started, but that's when it definitely started getting enhanced. Well, it's because the money started. So as soon as right. that happened, it everything got funded to make all that stuff happen. So, but things change anyway. Motorcycles, you know, it. Kawasaki's, you don't even see them anymore. Now most of them are Harleys or BMWs. When I started, Dobermans Excuse me? were Excuse Dober, me? Dobermans were the dog of choice. Of uh, <laughs> listen to Jim. <laughs> Dobermans were the dog of choice, and then they went to Rottweilers, and now they're using the Belgium Malinois or whatever they are. I mean, they're just trends that change. Yes, so Jim. Jim wants to uh, say uh, something. I call the Malinois. I think they're Malinois, aren't they? Malinois, Malinois, whatever. The I think it's a Malinois. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what I said. They're very I good at. <clears throat> they're very good at thwarting crime. <laughs> thwarting. <laughs> so, crime. Uh, Jim, you said something about motorcycles. What? You you were saying something. You had. A I don't care what they say about those big fat pig Harleys. The Kawasaki K1000 was and probably is one of the best police motorcycles in the world. So you want to I pit- agree. That's what I rode. You could go off curbs, downstairs. That I, I loved riding that thing. So you want a bit of inside information? Cowie's coming back with um, it's not the uh, KZ, but what is it? It's the, the concourse. concourse. Yep. Ah, that bike is sweet. It's done and CHP supposedly will be buying them. And it's pretty CH- much the same motor, right? Whatever CHP does, everybody else follows. Yeah, no, it's isn't a nice looking bike. Uh, I'll uh, I'll put a picture of the uh, site. Inline four. Isn't it, it pretty much the same motor that, that they've no, always had for that? No, it's it's a it's it's a nice bike. It's got their big touring you know, it's it's a nice it's very nice bike. It's pretty much like the S T thirteen hundred, the Honda, but it's Kawasaki. I mean, see all my guys, all my friends that work motors. I mean, they love the Harleys because they sound cool, they look cool. But man, for day to day work, driving that pig around, Mark, you rode one. I don't know how you guys do it. It's just, it'd be like driving an eighteen wheel truck around on patrol. No, when they driving. got the Harleys in, I kept my Cowie. I uh, I told them I wanted to keep it because we'd go work speed areas, and I'd be up in a you know up on the curb, and when a car went by, I'd just go flying off the curb and. You, you know, up a curb, down a curb, and the Harleys can't do that because they would drag the pipes because they sit lower. 
I mean, the Harleys look cool and sound cool, but I'll tell you, those KZs, they're quick. They're you could do anything on them. So I, I kept mine. I never jumped on the plus Harley. They always, plus they always start. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> just started with that one. Hey, uh, <laughs> speaking of technology, well, remember how we used to question. Remember you, how we are, used are, to do... Do you guys have federal radio channels in your cars now? Do we have federal? Well, my understanding was as a part of, uh, of 9-11 that they were trying to get a federal channel in most of the uh, local police cars so that everybody could be on the same channel at some okay, point. So they, they have Pletch channels and uh, right, some other channels where you get all... This is all we have is Pletch and Calcord. So here's the deal. So over the next... So for the past 10 years since 9-11, we've been trying to have an interoperable system for Contra Costa, San Francisco, and Alameda County. Never happened. Almost is happening now. Finally going into the last phase of that project and that supposedly all the agencies will be able to talk to each other from a portable. Now think about that. So that means I could go out on patrol and talk to SFPD from my PD via my portable just by switching a knob. That's that's pretty impressive technology to be able to do that. So if that's the case and that all works, which I've got my doubts, but that'll advance. Now, I don't know for you guys, and you guys know who you work with, I don't know if giving the guy on the street that kind of power is a good thing or not. <laughs> I mean, we can't even keep on the same channel as we are. So, you know, is that is that really helping the officer on the street? I, I don't know. But now, for critical incidents, I mean, like, if you've got an incident like that San Bruno explosion, that pipeline should, explosion, yeah. where you've got multiple agencies, multiple departments having to go in there, if everybody can go to one channel, be able to hear what's going on and communicate, yeah, then it would be worth it. Mainly but just, just for critical now, incidents. Now, now, hang on. Now, think about that for a second. So you have fire department, police department, public works, and everybody going to the same channel. And there's like a thousand people at an incident like that. Would you want to be the dispatcher? You got you got to break them in, into separate units. You can't have them all in the same channel. No, and you, I well, think you'd have, you'd have, have police to. on one, fire on another. But you need a channel where all your multi agencies can communicate and hear. Right. It becomes a logistical problem, I think, and that's something that. Obviously, over the years, we're going to have to figure out how to implement that one. Yeah, because I remember we had riots out in my city one time, and they had a bunch of agencies come in, and we're, you know, we're shoulder to shoulder and side by side with these guys, and I could hear what's going on with my radio, but they can't hear. Yep. They, they don't know what's going on. Or so. handing out handing out portables at the CP just to hear anybody, you know, when you show up for a call like that or something. All right. Hey Ed, you'll get a kick out of, or Ed remembers this technology. How did we used to have to do uh, photo lineups? Oh, God, that was a nightmare. Absolute <laughs> nightmare. We'd have to go through boxes of pictures and try and find people that hadn't been beaten up and then put them into a photo lineup. Otherwise, you had to put six bloody people in the photo lineup and all that crazy <laughs> Ed, stuff. Ed wasn't very patient. His photo lineups would have, like, two whites and two Hispanics, <laughs> two blacks. <laughs> well, that was my, the, the photo. the photo lineups. I was laughing about that the other day talking to somebody online about it when you tried to do a photo lineup at the old station back in the early 90s that yeah, you're was, using polaroid photos and and oh, yeah, whatnot yeah. it's ridiculous yeah and if you had your suspect mixed anywhere in there and his picture background didn't look the same as the other five it was too suggest too suggestive so it was, you could spend hours trying to put together a photo lineup uh, it was a hassle but you know what's great now is everything's on a digital camera and it goes into a data bank with all the other law enforcement agencies it goes in um, county jails, I mean, all the other agencies. And all you got to do to 
create a photo lineup is put in some uh, features like age, race, facial hair, whatever, and boom. I mean, six photos right there. If you don't like one, you delete it, and another one pops right in. It takes minutes to create a photo lineup, and some of them you can make so good, it almost looks like the same guy in all six pictures, you know? So the technology's really come a long ways with uh, with that and sharing yeah, just Just so people know, I mean... In watching uh, TV on the old days when you used to have to go down to the police department and look through the uh, one-way glass at, at six guys standing there, when a suspect gets taken into custody and, and uh, there's victims for crimes that the guy committed, then the investigators will go out with a photo lineup and show you you know six similar pictures of, of uh, the suspect. And hopefully you'll be able to, you know, recall features and say, yeah, it was number three right there. But that saves a, a ton of time and a lot of hassle from the uh, physical lineups that we used to have to do. Yep. And remember, Ed, evidence, we go out and take photos. You take Polaroids or use a little Instamatic 110s or whatever it was. And <laughs> you'd put the film into evidence to be developed. And, you know, now everything's on digital cameras. It's all uh, digitally uploaded into evidence. I mean, you don't even touch film or anything. You're just through the computers. That, um, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Everything's uploaded. <laughs> oh, really? Because <laughs> yeah, I, I know back in the day we had to beg, go call, beg the sergeant. Hey, sergeant, 98 over here with the camera so we can take pictures. No, okay, there's, did, half hour. there's a bunch of digital cameras. We take the photos. We go into the station. We plug them into the computer. It, did, it automatically transfers them into evidence. Um, our rec- um, same thing with the interviews in our um, interview rooms. It's all audio and visual recorded. That's automatically uploaded to evidence. If you uh, get an interview with somebody, we all have digital recorders, little pocket recorders. Plug that into the computer. Everything's transferred automatically. and So it's, it's a lot easier. Instead of all the physical evidence now, it's all uh, done via the computer. That's well, another cool. thing where where uh, things have greatly changed, back in 85, I was writing full reports, whether it was crime or accident reports or DUIs, I was handwriting them on report forms, and now everything is is uh, computerized to where, you know, the system that I think Mark uses is the same one that we use at work, but, uh, you know, writing out a, a report, whether it's an extensive one or not, everything is typed out, you hit spell check, and, and it prints out nice and neat, and... Uh, all the suspect info goes into a database automatically. You can attach photos with it. So the DA just pulls up the same report system and says, yeah, give me this report number. And it prints it out complete with color photographs and everything. Whereas before they used to have to go down to evidence and, yeah, I need the photos from so-and-so. And, you know, they'd be getting a stack of Polaroid photos like Mark was saying. And the uh, the report writing system has, has uh, modernized itself as well, which makes things a lot easier well it's all reviewed it's all reviewed electronically there's no paper at all right yeah a lot of them are paperless i mean we still print out our reports and turn them in but there's a lot of agencies where it's all done you know it's sent to the sergeant for review if there's corrections it's sent back to the officer for corrections and it's sent to the sergeant he signs it off and sends it on to uh evidence and yeah it's paperless in a lot of systems yep that's how our that's how our whole system is now. Basically, unless you want a copy, you don't really need to print it. I saw in the paper uh, the other day one of our local agencies is experimenting by putting cameras and audio on the officer's radio mic. The radio mic is clipped to his chest, and there's audio and uh, um, video video on that to record the whole contact with people. 
and uh, that that's pretty interesting. Now that they're testing it out to see how how it's going. Is the uh, tasers? Do the tasers all have a camera with lights on it? Uh, it's coming. Oh, you guys don't have that yet. Well, the the new taser has a camera and lights. I think. Oh, it does. Okay. Ours yeah. has a light, and you could actually plug it in to um, download the data. How long? You know, how many times the trigger was pulled? How long the charge was? And and whatnot. Um, it'll record that, but there, there's no camera on it. You know, another thing that they they have. It's been around a little while, but it's very cool. Are the bait cars? They have that TV show, Bait Car, where the suspects get in. They've got cameras in there. They've got the audio that that um, records everything the suspects say. And they could be cruising down the road. When the cops get behind them on a computer, you hit a button. It automatically locks the doors, kills the engine, and everything is on tape. It's very cool. They've used that in our city a couple times. It's very cool. Not for the bad guys. How did it work? Oh, it works great. I mean, you get a lot of bites on it or just... Uh, it depends on where you put it. I wouldn't say a lot, but yeah, they uh, they get them. It's uh, yeah. it's very cool. They have that TV show that, that you see it, and uh, you, the suspects, everything they say. You know, when the police cars get behind them, they're telling their partner, "Hey, just tell them that we found it here." And I mean, everything is evidence right there. And <laughs> the look on their face when the engine dies and the door locks is <clears throat> it's pretty cool. Hey, I forgot to mention one thing: is on the cameras that you know. A lot of officers can see in the city and what's going on, go back and look at it. Some PDs already have this, but ours are going to be soon to follow. It's to hook it up to the patrol cars also so we could access that system in our patrol car. And before we, let's say there's a bank robbery and that bank has a camera, the officer responding can log into that camera and actually scan it in the parking lot and look back and forth and see what's going on there before he even goes on scene. Um, if he's going to a shooting in a in a bad area and there's a camera nearby, he could log on to that camera and pan into that area to see how many people are in the street, if there's any shooting going on. He'll be able to see it live on his in his car before he even gets there. So that that's a pretty cool thing, too, to have. And we haven't even mentioned in-car video. Yeah. So in-car video. That's been videos. around a while, though. The in-car video has been around a while, and that's helped a lot of officers. Well, it's been around a while, but a lot of agencies never adopted it early on, and now they're finally looking at adopting it because it's been so helpful to so many departments in, in court cases where, you know, I was not there. I didn't do that stupid stuff. Okay, play. Is that you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, if you, uh, if you take that technology up about 800 feet, you know, the uh, the helicopter, the police helicopters of today probably have never been more uh, more uh, modernized than what they are now. You know, in the old days, it was just a helicopter with uh, with the pilot and, and an observer calling the shots from above with, with no technology whatsoever, almost like the old uh, Ford Crown Vicks with just a radio in it. And now they all have flare, which is the, uh, you know, the infrared um the 50 million candle power uh, night suns, which turn any dark street into friggin' daylight. Uh, the, or if you turn the, them on, you can turn them on on the ground and catch the ground on fire. You literally can melt the ground. But yeah. uh, the the moving maps, the GPS systems, everything is just. Uh, you can zoom in with the video camera from 800 feet and see a guy clears a bell, uh, which goes over really good with juries in court. You know, when the dude is saying, "Hey, I wasn't there. It wasn't me." and and uh, you've gone, got them on film running from the cops. You know, it's, where did that uh, saying come from? Clear as a bell. Yeah. 
What are you? Bell right? Helicopter. That was a plug for Bell Helicopters. <laughs> right? I don't remember that one. I don't know where it's come from. So, okay. So, in-car video. How about radar? When did we see radar? That's actually been bumped up to a LIDAR since then also with oh, yeah. laser. When, when did you see your first radar and what did it look like? When I first started, they had the big radar guns. You get them out. You know, it's got the dome on the front of it, and some uh, they plug into the patrol car, the uh, cigarette lighter. Yeah, you pull the trigger, the battery would be dead, and so would your uh, sex yeah, life. Hear, that you'd one. You hear this thing humming and vibrating, and your FTO would say, "Hey, don't use that. You'll get cancer." You know, and it's yeah. like you, it's like you a, almost feel the heat radiating. It's like holding a microwave oven outside the window. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now then we, we went to the uh, the lidar, the laser, and that that's pretty cool. They're handheld, they're wireless. They just have batteries in them, and uh, man, you could pick out a motorcycle in a in a group of semis and be very accurate. The beam is super narrow, and you look through a little viewfinder, and it's got a little red dot on it, like a rifle scope. And man, you just put it on what you want, and uh, it, it's great. Uh, there's really no fight in a radar uh, a laser ticket in court really hard to fight there's really no way to detect laser well that you can do it fast enough with any radar detector too so right right. that's a that's a bummer but what can you do well what other technology have you guys seen anything any other major changes that have made your guys jobs easier over the years well just the equipment that you put in brent when i first started you know like jim said uh the lights were you know, pretty crude, and I think we ended up going to, uh, we thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. CHP had them. It's like the, they called them cherries and berries. The uh, seven, seven globes up on top uh, or whatever. You had the white one in the center, and, you know, they each kind of rotated, so you got seven different lights going, and um, that was, that was kind of cool. And then we went to a different light bar, and I think what we have now is a really low profile, the LEDs. And I'm telling you, you could see those things a mile away. Our motorcycles have them too. And they are just, you could see them six blocks up in the daylight. The lights are so bright. Um, really good visibility on the new lighting equipment of today. Yeah, I agree, since it's all my equipment. Um, <laughs> a little plug for Brent there. But, I mean, and that's really, I mean, CHP being one of the largest agencies not only in california but in the entire nation um they do a ton of testing on that kind of stuff so you know when we we actually went and dealt with that whole deal um the the testing is uh, it's astronomical i mean it literally was six months of testing so when other people adapt to those systems that's you know there's a lot of testing that goes beyond that but really, I mean, nowadays everything's about low profile. Everything's about blending in. Everything's about being really bright for the day shift guy and being mm-hmm. able to not, well, to not be overpowering at night. Because now we're getting so bright that you know, at what point, you know, is it too bright? I guess. Oh yeah, I had my lights on the other night, and uh, you know, it's ten o'clock at night, and I had the lights on the overheads, and people are walking by, shielding their. You know, their eyes saying, damn, that's bright. And it is. Those those LEDs at nighttime are bright. But that helps that helps all of us for safety, too. So, well, Or when you go to court, it's kind of hard for the guy to say, I didn't see the lights behind me. Well, <laughs> you know, bring a video to, to court, 
that that make great evidence. Right, and I mean, yeah, it, but it, the other thing too, when you're in a pursuit, you know, some of the old chippy cars just had a solid red spotlight in the front with no light bar, you know, the flat tops. Yep. And uh, when you're in a pursuit and and you T-bone some lady in an intersection, even though you have the right of way. And uh, she didn't see you and pulls out in front of you and there's a fatality. I mean, that causes a department, you know, and the family a whole lot of grief. But now with the, even on unmarked cars, the side lighting that, that uh, is hidden but is more than visible when it's activated. I mean, the, that LED technology is just incredible. Oh, we just got two new cars. They're uh, slick tops and they have lights mounted on the sides of the bumper bars up front. They have the lights mounted up on the rearview uh, rear mirror that angles out to both sides. They have the lights on both mirrors, and they have lights mounted on the uh, center post in the center of the car pointing out. So even though it's a slick top, um, when they hit those lights, man, they're just lights everywhere. So, yeah, it's not like the old days where you had one little red light on a spotlight. Well, and there's a there's a huge problem with newer cars, and I don't mean cop cars. I mean civilian cars, and that's the fact that when you get into your new car and you slam the door and you roll the windows up and you turn the stereo on, you can't hear anything outside. So they're completely sealed. And then we have the issue of people not being able to hear sirens, people not pulling over for cops, doing all that. Well, drive down the street and you can know why. Because now we're talking about putting more sirens on these vehicles, more amplifiers, running dual tones, running low frequency tones, which is a whole new thing that just came out. So you have to try to get through the technology that every person has in their new car to make it quiet on the road is now hindering cops because they can't get the siren into where the person is in the car itself. Well, I think we've all done that because a lot of times your siren, you're almost out driving your siren at times. And we've all come flying up to a car that's just cruising down the road and... You know, you're saying, get out of the way, get out of the way, you know, yelling it out in your own car. And it seems like the person just doesn't know you're there. And then when you get right up on them, behind them, then all of a sudden they could hear you and and whatnot. But, yeah, when you're in even in my own car driving home from work or going to work, I'll hear a siren. But by then the guy's already up on me or going the other way. It's not like you hear it a long distance away coming. It just you know, all of a sudden it's there. Yeah. I mean, the latest thing is multiple speakers, multiple amplifiers. So you can run a whale tone and a Yelp tone at the same Maybe time. Maybe some soft music. Yeah. I mean, or ride of the Valkyries, like in, you know, that movie. So there's all sorts of cool things that you can do now to, to try to gain attention. But I mean, changing light patterns, doing all that kind of stuff, but still, you know, the head up, butt driver, they don't see anything. I mean, Speaking of that, um, Ed, we have something new also with our department. It's called rubber gloves, so you don't grab some used vibrator out of the back seat of a car. That thank couple you of... for thanks for ruining the whole show. <laughs> well, they had those back in the day too, but it was they were little leather ones. <laughs> so what you leather grab vibrator? It for? <laughs> so what no, you grab it for then? Well, because I didn't know what it was a dildo for crying out loud. <laughs> we wanted to see it. So. All right, so we can wrap it up. What? So, uh, other than that, any other new technology that you guys or your departments might yeah, be looking at? I think the non-lethal stuff's pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Back in the day, either the fight was on, or you ended up shooting somebody. And now they've got you know less lethal rounds with the forties, uh, where they shoot a beanbag round out of a shotgun. Right. Um, you just can't mistake a real shotgun round for it. 
Yeah, that's something you got to be careful with. But uh, the new technology now, you definitely know when you you know what you have. Um, well, tasers you know, are they, the greatest thing since sliced bread. I've had tasers, to use my taser. They have rounds that uh, that are actually nets, you know, for uh, shooting a, a suspect that's fleeing. I mean, the technology for non-lethal apprehensions is uh, go go gadget. Well, and I got to say that most of this non-lethal technology is coming from military use, and then making its way down to law enforcement. So it's uh, a lot of the, uh, you know. I think technology is just going to continue to change drastically right. over the next well, ten to fifteen years. Well, if anybody listening, I'm sure this is a boring show compared to what a lot of ours is. I might have interested some people, but if there's any officers out there listening, might be or, the best uh, show we've ever done. Millet <laughs> or military or even citizens that saw something uh, new technology, email us. Let us know what it is, or uh, if it's an officer somewhere, let us know what you're using well, out speak, there. Speaking of email, a buddy of mine sent me this, and it absolutely has nothing to do with police work, but. Being that we're talking about this in this show, it, you know, it only takes a minute to read, so I'm going to read it because it, it's so true. But this guy was uh, capping on how easy the youth of, of today has it, you know, compared to how it was. And what's scary is I actually remember everything that's in this. But he uh, he starts off saying, uh, when I was a kid, we didn't have the Internet. If we wanted to know something, we had to go to the damn library and look it up ourselves uh, using the card catalog. There was no email. We had to actually write somebody a letter with a pen. Then you had to walk all the way across the street and put it in the mailbox, and it would take a week to get there. Stamps were 10 cents. Child Protective Services didn't care if our parents beat us. As a matter of fact, the parents of all my friends also had permission to kick our ass. Nowhere was safe to go. <laughs> there were no MP3s or Napsters or iTunes. If you wanted to steal music, you had to hitchhike to the record store and shoplift it yourself and take your chances. Or you had to wait around all day to tape it off the radio, and the DJ would usually talk over the beginning and end and screw it all up. There were no CD players. We had tape decks in our cars. We played our favorite tapes and ejected it when it was done, and then the tape would become undone, rendering it useless, because that's how we rolled. We didn't have fancy crap like call waiting. If you're on the phone and somebody else called, they just got a busy signal. That was it. There weren't any friggin' cell phones either. If you left the house, you just didn't make a damn call or receive one. You actually had to be out of touch with your friends. Oh, my gosh. Think of the horror not being in touch with someone 24-7. And then there's texting. Yeah, right. You kids have no, no idea how annoying you are. We didn't have fancy caller ID either. When the phone rang, you had no idea who it was. It could be your school, your parents, your boss, your bookie, your drug dealer, the collection agent. You just didn't know. You had to pick it up and take your chances. We didn't have any fancy PlayStation or Xbox video games with high-resolution 3D graphics. We had the Atari 2600 with games like Space Invaders and Asteroids. Your screen guy was a little square, and you had to use your imagination. There were no uh, multiple levels or screens. It was just one screen forever, and you could never win. The game just kept getting harder and harder and faster and faster until you died, just like life. <laughs> yeah. You had to use a little book called The TV Guide to find out what was on. You were screwed when it came to a channel surfing. You had to get off your ass and walk over to the TV to change the channel. No remotes. Oh, no, what's the world coming to? There was no cartoon network either. You can only get cartoons on Saturday morning. Do you hear what I'm saying? We all had to wait all week for cartoons, you spoiled little rat bastards. <laughs> and we didn't have microwaves. If we wanted to heat something up, we had to use the stove. Imagine that. And our parents told us to stay outside and play all day long. Oh, no, no electronics to soothe and comfort, and if you came back inside, you were doing chores. And car seats, oh, please. 
Mom threw you in the back seat and you hung on. And if you were lucky, you got the safety arm across the chest at the last minute if she had to stop suddenly. And if your head hit the dashboard, well, that was your fault for calling shotgun in the first place. Anyway, just uh, it brings back a lot of memories because when Mark and I grew up, and, and probably Ed and, and maybe even Brent at the tail end of that, uh, you know, I grew up carrying a, a couple dimes in my pocket to use in a payphone to call home in case there was ever an emergency or anything you like that. You say dimes or dime bags? <laughs> Sorry, I just <laughs> thanks for thanks for ruining the show twice. It's good. Man, so, what happened to Jim? Jim? Just fell off with that one. Jim, you were what? Anyway, thanks JJ for emailing that to me. It brought back a lot of good memories, and uh, and it's very true. And as I responded to him in the email, um, I almost miss those days. You know, things have gotten very technical. Uh, you know, and there are a lot of conveniences, but man, life was simple back in the early days. There was oh, a lot. True. The kids of today are spoiled. Totally, totally spoiled with everything they have. Well, most kids of today have never grown up without the internet. You know, you see kids in elementary school and junior high with a full function phone, unlimited internet, text, I mean, you name it. And it's just amazing that, you know, what they have. If it, if it was me, they'd have a prepaid phone card you know, with, with maybe 10 minutes on it, but yeah, but you, you come from the era of having a pay phone. We don't have pay phones anymore. Uh, or a prepaid phone with 10 minutes on it for an emergency. But, um, you know, technology, it's, it changes things and it, sometimes it creates problems in, in its wake. And if I had kids, I'd let them do whatever they wanted until they screwed up once and then they wouldn't have anything. Yeah. No, that made a lot of sense, Jim, and it does bring back memories the way it was. And a lot of people. No, dude, can't, you can't backpedal now after that smart-ass rem- comment. No, it's too late. You can't compliment it now. It's the moment's gone. <laughs> <laughs> the moment's gone. <laughs> you ruined Jim. Jim is now leaving. I'm carrying a dime or a dime bag. <laughs> Jim is now in a bitterer mood. Uh, anyway. Yeah, you thwarted the moment. Oh boy. Oh, God. Anyway, why don't we give somebody uh, quick tips or something uh, to end the show? Here's one. Don't be stupid. That's don't come to Arizona and do crimes. You'll get shot. Oh, that's no kidding. <laughs> don't ride a Harley if you want to get to where you're going. Oh. <laughs> hey, Iron Warriors out there, you know who this guy is, don't you? Okay. Yeah. Send your emails to jim at coptalk.info. Yeah, and then when you ride past him, just flip him off when he's sitting on the side of the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, hey, hey, people, there's a lot of crime still going on everywhere. Um, times are hard. People are getting desperate. Um, every night, they're walking through neighborhoods, trying car doors, trying windows of houses, trying doors. Um, if you got away with leaving your windows open so far, sooner or later, you're going to become a victim. Take the precautions. I mean, putting motion lights and all that stuff is great to keep people away. But in the meantime, just lock your car, your doors, your houses, your cars. Don't leave anything in plain view. Sooner or later, you're going to become a victim. So, That's a good it, point, Mark, because a, a close friend of mine, she posted on Facebook how, uh, you know, a couple nights ago, uh, she made a mistake and left the car unlocked. And in the morning, they discovered that someone had gone through it and there were papers and everything uh you know, strewn about in the car, but the uh, garage door opener was still there, and, you know, they felt pretty lucky that all that was gone was like a phone charger court, you know. It almost sounded like kids did it, but what people don't realize, 
you know, she made it sound like, you know, God, I, I can't believe this happened, but people got to realize it happens every night. I mean, kids, adults, they're walking in the darkness with backpacks, and all they're looking for is unlocked cars. They don't want to use a brick through a window or make noise or anything like that. And and you make it easy by leaving your stuff unlocked, whether it's a garage door or a, or a uh, residence door or a vehicle, so lock everything up. It doesn't matter where you live. There is no Mayberry anymore. I mean, whether it's an affluent community or not, you know, a crime-ridden area, it just doesn't matter. It happens everywhere, every night. And uh, so just take precautions. Lock your stuff up. And I think Jim had a lock it or lose it, was it? You, used to, you say in the book a lot, and it's true. Ed, any closing notes? No, nothing. You sitting in your car doing the show again? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> The wife has the car tonight. Oh, okay. I'm trying to find a story on that shooting you're talking about over there at the Cow Palace in the San Francisco uh, Examiner, but I can't find it. Oh, it was in the uh, Contra Costa Times. Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, just uh, to close out then, just a quick note to all the uh, neighbors and the people who acted very heroic for that San Bruno thing. Uh, a lot of people were saved because of the actions of a lot of people in that neighborhood, and that's, uh, I mean, there's nothing that we, we really can say to, you know, say thanks for that, and those people I'm sure can't say it either, but a lot of people, well, luckily, not a lot of people were killed, but uh, a lot of property loss. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny, some people were casting blame at, you know, at a certain area, but you got to realize, people, half the half the ground that your house is built on, or business is built on, or streets are built on, or over gas lines. So, I mean, this is literally something that could have happened anywhere. And there were a lot of alert neighbors or people that apparently tried to report this to PG&E, and and for whatever reason, they were unable to locate the actual source. Uh, and this stuff just kept building and building and building till it ignited. But don't just think that this was one area where with earthquakes that we have and everything else, I mean, this could happen any place, any time, it can, and it can be even more catastrophic than it was. Yeah, and well, I don't even... He already has a list saying that there's uh, high-risk areas already. This area was on a high-risk list, and they have a list of areas where the same thing can happen. Yeah, but let's not blow this out of proportion, because the next thing that you don't want is to have some congressperson, oh, wait, they're already doing it saying that they want to release all this information to the public because as soon as you start releasing your infrastructure to the public you start releasing the potential that all those public infrastructure pieces are going to be exploited by terrorist type actions or sabotage or a guy that's pissed off because he can't pay his bill all these different types of things so it, it that, this is a huge catch-22 situation I mean most of these gas lines are in way before the homes and most of these problems that they say that they're having out there could easily be related to the fact that, oh, we live in an earthquake zone. So, you know, they, they, there's a lot of investigation that needs to happen, and hopefully we'll follow that as it goes along and, and, talk, and talk about it. All right. Well, I'd like to say on a, on a brighter note, but it's not. It's actually on a grim note. But, you know, we just had uh, 9-11 over the weekend, and uh, just got to give give a shout out to uh, all the guys and girls that are in the uh, the armed forces, both over here and and overseas. Uh, the cops, the firemen, everyone that was affected by that that whole ordeal. Not only everyone across the United States, but in particular those in New York. And uh, our prayers uh, 
as always, this time of year are with you. And uh, we got through it. I think we got stronger. And uh, I Continuing. hope it never happens again. Continuing to get stronger, I think, too. Yep. Well, yep. well on that note. Works for me. We'll, uh, we'll see everybody next week. All right. Stay safe, everyone. Hi, Ed. Mark, good night. Take it easy. Bed bug source. Oh, this comes off your Harley, so you know. I'm just saying. Yeah.